Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. At Kroger, we want our fresh produce to meet your expectations. To make sure a bad apple won't spoil the whole bunch, we do up to a 27-point inspection on our fruits and veggies. We check for things like sunburns and scarring, making sure you only get the crunchiest apples. In fact, only the best produce like juicy pears, zesty oranges, and crisp carrots reach our shelves. Because when it comes to fresh, our higher standards mean fresher produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. My name is Micah Burgess, and I am a birth doula in Waco, Texas. I'm the author of The Humor in Birth, Stories and Insights from a Doula, and have a very special guest with me today, my husband of almost 29 years and the father of my children, Michael Burgess. That's right. We're Michael and Micah, and it can get confusing. All right. Tell everybody hi, honey. Hello there. Tell them a little bit about yourself. All right. Um... I am the husband of Micah, <laughs> father of our six children. Um, 61 years old. I work uh, currently as a an oil and gas consultant, and um, been doing that for about 15 years. Did accounting about 20 years before that. Uh, proud alumni of Baylor University. Mm-hmm. Support my Baylor Bears. There you go. Hey, did y'all hear that fabulous voice? It's just going to get even better. Okay, so I want you guys to know that Michael is a very kind, generous, patient man. He is not only extremely smart, but he is wise. He's hardworking and breathtakingly handsome. (laughs) Michael is a bit of a renaissance man, aren't you, babe? Uh, If you say so. (laughs) He's an athlete, a musician. He is a fantastic cook, and he's always learning something, whether it's sketching, programming, gardening, whatever, on and on and on, right? I do enjoy learning. Yes, that's one of the things that I like about life is new things. So Michael and I are the epitome of opposites attract. Babe, can you tell them some of the biggest differences that we have? We have differences? Mm -hmm. A few. A few. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, let's see, um, extremely extroverted versus not so extremely introverted, but certainly more so. Mm-hmm. I, c- I call myself an extroverted introvert. <laughs> I like people, but uh, I enjoy doing things alone occasionally. Uh, that's one thing. Um, you're more of the life of the party kind of person. Thank you. Let's see, what else might there be? All right, which one of us is level-headed and calm under pressure? I think that depends on the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Who is more of the the behind-the-scenes kind of person? Yeah, that's me. Who takes more risks? Uh, That's you. Uh, Who missed their calling and should be a race car driver? 
Uh, probably you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the planner, the dreamer? Uh, yeah, that's probably you too. Although I dream a lot. I would have said you. <laughs> we already know who's a better dancer, right? That's well, you know what we tell our kids. <laughs> all of their dancing <laughs> ability, all of their acting ability, it all comes from me. That's right. Yeah. Don't forget it. And which one of us beat the other at ping pong yesterday using some trick serves and spikes and slams with all their might? <laughs> uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I did that. Mm-hmm. We're both very competitive. <laughs> Okay, let's shift the conversation more towards childbirth, all right? All right. You know, one thing that you guys need to know is that we don't get um, pregnant the conventional way like most people get pregnant. You're going to have to explain that one. Uh, Yeah, you're not allowed to say anything. Are you crazy? (laughs) Be quiet. So he just has to say, Micah, want to have a baby? And then I'm pregnant. Like, I'm not kidding. That's how we get pregnant. (laughs) So he is not allowed to utter those words ever, ever, ever. And and he doesn't. He behaves. And we have, you know, it's worked for 13 years, right? Levi's almost 13. It's worked. So, you know, I think somebody, would you remember somebody asking us about natural family planning? And I was like, you realize we have six kids, right? Like, I don't have anything to offer on this topic. You don't want me talking about natural family planning. Anyway, so, honey, who is more natural or crunchy of the two of us? Uh, maybe me. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's a biology major and geeks out about all things science? Yeah, that's me. Whose idea was it to have home births? Was that me? <laughs> <laughs> and who was labeled a hypochondriac? Uh, I think that was you. Right. So let me just clarify. I did want a more natural experience, but at 22 years old, having my first baby, I was probably a little more apprehensive than he was. Um, Do you remember what drew you to maybe a less clinical approach in terms of our birth experiences? Well, I think once I had the conversation with... um, some of our friends and some of the midwives that we talked to, um, the uh, part of the appeal was being able to do it at home, mm-hmm. much more relaxed setting. Um, and, you know, I never viewed birth as something really that clinical, medical. Right. I mean, uh, you know, it's a normal and natural part of life, and it happens all over the world. And it has happened all over the world since the beginning of time. And so um, I knew that I wanted to be involved Mm -hmm. uh, to whatever degree that I could. Uh, All of those things seemed to fit much better with that. And, um, you know, I, I always knew, too, that if we did it, and the experience wasn't great. Mm-hmm. We always had alternatives, you know, for, for later if we had more children. Right. Um, but um, I think for all of those reasons, uh, you know, me, me being able to be involved, I think, was a, mm-hmm. big, a big one. Yeah. And you were. So when you think about childbirth, I mean, specifically our birth experiences, what is one of the first things that jumps in your head? Um. Well, one of the first things that jumps in my head is how different they all were. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously the commonality of the birth itself, but beyond that, they were 
they were very distinct and very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, some of the situations, the labor was more um, more intense. Uh, some of the situations, the actual delivery was more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were longer. Some of them were shorter. Mm-hmm. You know? So, well, let's jump into that a little bit, okay? We're going to talk about maybe your perspective, and I'll chime in too with um, each one of our birth experiences. And now we're not going to get super detailed, like where the midwife was born or the brand of watch you were wearing while timing my contractions. So we're just overview birds, not super detailed. Trust me, I needed to say that. So when we talk about Gabrielle, who's our first, she's 27. And when we talk about that birth experience, jump in. Well, you know, I remember us being um, the day you went into labor on on the day she was born. Uh, We were at your mom's. Mm -hmm. And... um, I remember that some of the contractions had started and they, at first we didn't know if they were still kind of Braxton Hicks, you know, the preliminary contraction type things, but I could tell as time went on and they happened more that, you know, it was a lot more intense than, than the other kind. They, they made you want to stop and take a breath for a second, you Mm -hmm. know, and um, they weren't real regular. It didn't seem like at first, um, but I do remember finally they started to kind of take on a little bit of a rhythm. And, um, so we decided to head home and, uh, you know, once we got there, then, you know, of course it kind of just continued to pick up. So I remember looking back that, um, I think I was a little surprised that, um, I, I think I expected it to be a lot harder on you, mm. a lot, uh, uh, um, Since I was labeled a hypochondriac, <laughs> you know that that uh, I, I think I, I uh, thought you would have, yeah, would have affected you more. And uh, you know, as I look back on all six of them, uh, Levi's emergency C-section notwithstanding, the other ones, um, you know, what I do notice about you is that it, it was a very, I won't ever call it easy, but it was. Um, it was something that you could really get into and do and do well. And mm-hmm. so it never seemed to overwhelm you, yeah. you know, uh, it, it would get hard in moments and that, that sort of thing, but it never seemed to overwhelm you. You know, you seem to embrace the fact that as a mother, you wanted to give birth, you were ready to be done being pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, ready to totally. hold, ready hold your baby, that sort of thing. Okay. So then, you know, once we are, um, at home in our apartment and the midwives, midwife and her assistants got there and all, um, then, you know, it's kind of a flurry of activity, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, um, you know, I, I let them of course do their thing and I was just with you and, and then, you know, it got, continued to get more and more intense until finally it got to be the part where the baby was about to be born. And, um, I remember, remember actually, uh, in the book, you pointed out that, um, our midwife kept asking you if you wanted to touch the baby's head because mm-hmm. uh, she was crowning, you know, and you continued to put her off, you know. <laughs> but she finally asked me that, and uh, I remember, uh, I remember doing that, and even now it's very, it's a very overwhelming feeling. Um, 
it was wow the uh, the feeling is just overwhelming mm-hmm. I definitely feel it <laughs> you'll see why I love this man right all right we'll move on to Jacob's birth what are some of your thoughts about his overall birth experience yeah um you know what I remember about that one was that the the laboring part of that um, just seemed to be um, very easy for you. It 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 the contractions were you know normal and regular and intense as they got along, but you just kind of went through your day. I mean, we mm-hmm. we walked around the block, we played cards, we, we had people in the house, and we just you know just kind of was living a normal afternoon. Yeah, it was great. And it finally got to the point where it was time for. Um, for the delivery, and that was a lot harder. Yes. Uh, Gabrielle's, I remember, was very fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a first birth, particularly, I mean, you hear stories. I had heard stories about, mm-hmm. you know, first births lasting 12, 14, 18 hours. Right. And from, I remember from the point where we were at your, uh, your folks' house and um, we decided to leave, until Gabrielle was born was probably not more than five hours. I mean, from yeah. the start of that to the end, fast so, and furious. Yeah, and so that was that was that was intense, you know, uh, for that reason. But but Jacob, it was more drawn out. Uh, but then when it came time for the delivery, that got a lot a lot more intense. Yeah, and I remember um, we had a different midwife uh, this time, but and she had to um, she tried various different positions and and places. Uh, on the uh, bed to uh, to do the, the delivery, and uh, you know, finally it was uh, it, it finally happened. You know, but that was a lot harder. Yeah, I remember experience. I know now, just because of you know, being a birth doula for over twenty years, I know now that when a baby is not lined up really well, like even if they're not sunny side up, which means they're face up, you know, they're not supposed to be face up; they're supposed to be face down. Even if their head's cocked just a little bit to the left and just looking to the side, that is a harder way to give birth. And so when the baby's not lined up really great, it's harder for them to get past the pelvic bone, which is what happened with Jacob. And I finally ended up flat on my back. I don't know if you remember this, flat on my back, my knees basically to my ears, (laughs) like this is not easy or comfortable (laughs) at all. I'm glad there's no pictures of this. Anyway, all the way my all the way to my ears, but you are leaning right beside my head and you're whispering every single thing that they're telling me to do. Like, okay, Micah, get ready to push. Okay, baby, get ready to push. <laughs> whispering right in my ear. You're the only voice I could hear. And it was very, very hard, but it was the only way to get him to move and to shift so that he could be born. And so I actually use this uh, as a last resort for my clients, this particular position, because I know how terrible it is. <laughs> So I don't want to put anybody through it if I don't have to, but it's super effective when that baby's kind of turned funny. All right. But yes, that one was way harder. The delivery part of that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Anna Joy. Uh, Anna Joy. I remember a couple of things of, of note, I suppose. First of all, there seemed to be an inordinate amount of people in that room. <laughs> um, I don't really remember how many people were there, but it seemed like a lot. And, um, you know, other midwife assistants, your your sisters, you know, I mean, it seemed like all sorts of people. So I remember that. Um, 
I remember uh, after the birth, what I remember is while all this activity is going on and, the, and Anna Joy had been born, you literally fell asleep <laughs> right in the middle of the room. It was, it was kind of amazing. I think I probably asked Tony if you were okay because it seemed odd to me. <laughs> After all of that, you know, you, you just crashed out. But I'm sure it takes a lot out of you to do it. So It was really late at night, too. There was this debate. She was born July 3rd. Oh, right. And now, a word from our sponsors. At Kroger, we want our fresh produce to meet your expectations. To make sure a bad apple won't spoil the whole bunch, we do up to a 27-point inspection on our fruits and veggies. We check for things like sunburns and scarring, making sure you only get the crunchiest apples. In fact, only the best produce like juicy pears, zesty oranges, and crisp carrots reach our shelves. Because when it comes to fresh, our higher standards mean fresher produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. So July 4th, obviously, it's the next day. And so it was like, will she be born on her grandfather's birthday? Shout out to Keith Rollins, July 3rd. Or will she be born on the 4th of July, you know? And we were teetering right in there. So she was born at like 11-something p.m. So just, I know I was exhausted just because of how late in the day that it was. And she was a big girl. In fact, she was my biggest baby up to that point. Right, 9-7, I think. I think that's right. Yeah, so yeah. Took a lot of work. That was hard. <laughs> okay, Isaac. Uh, let's see. Um, well, Isaac, um, we were in the same home when Isaac was born. And um, I remember that the call to Tony happened much later in the process than probably we needed to be making the call. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it seemed to be progressing pretty quickly there toward the end and she still wasn't there and then on the way she lived about what 40 minutes away probably mm -hmm. and um she had gotten stuck at a train uh at mm -hmm. a train stop you know and so she was frantically trying to get there and walked in the door and i mean i bet he was born couldn't have been 20 minutes later it was yeah. really fast yeah it was yeah and uh you know, and I remember, uh, I think, actually afterward, um, uh, talking to Tony, uh, she she thought that maybe something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, it turned out not to be exactly what she thought, although uh, Isaac had a challenge there early on in his life. Yeah. Uh, after about six weeks, but uh, he's doing great now, and... and um, so those are the things I probably remember yeah. the most about that. That's what sticks out to oh, you. And I did, I do remember, I think that was the first of them that, that I caught. I yes. Ca I caught him. That's what I was just and, about to say. Um, almost dropped him. <laughs> uh, I, I remember that, too, because, uh, uh, you know, boy, once the head comes out, the rest of the body comes out pretty quick, and I wasn't quite ready for that. But um, uh, fortunately, I didn't. You know, <laughs> although plenty of dads have those stories. I dropped you on your head uh -huh. or whatever, <laughs> you know, so. Okay. What about Naomi? Well, of course, the most outstanding part of Naomi was just her actual size. Uh, you know, from the very start, uh, Tony said that, uh, uh, well, she thought she, yet you might be having twins, yeah. actually, because, um, you know, they do that measuring and uh, kind of give an idea about where along you were. And it 
should have been, you know, six centimeters, six weeks, and it was, you know, eight. It was two weeks past that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and so she was so unclear that, that we went and got a sonogram just to make sure right. because she just wanted to make sure if there were two babies, she knew that, mm-hmm. you know, ahead of time. And, of course, there was just one. Um, and um, you measured the entire mm-hmm. pregnancy uh, two weeks farther along. And uh, no problems for you. They checked you for all the normal stuff with uh, gestational diabetes mm-hmm. and all that. And I was always good. Um, never dealt with that. But then uh, when Naomi was being born, or after she was being born, uh, I mean, well, I knew because I had seen all the other ones being born that she was quite a bit bigger, <laughs> quite a bit bigger than all of them. And, uh, and I mean, everybody in the room just looked and was like, wow, that's a really, really big baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, anyway, we finally got her, uh, got her cord cut and everything. And I was still over there with you. And, and uh, one, of, one of the friends took the baby over to the scale. And uh, she, she was about to put her on the scale. And she said, all right, everybody take a guess. Because, you know, <laughs> it was like. And so I, you know, numbers were flying around. I, I heard somebody say ten. I don't know that I heard anybody say bigger than that. And she had her hand over the scale uh, where you could read it, you know. And she pulled it back, and it said twelve pounds. Yep. And it was like, oh my gracious! <laughs> Everybody started laughing at that point. It's like everybody is, except me. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable, right? Because when you know, when when you were trying to deliver her. Her head comes out, and like I said before, normally right. once the head comes out, the rest of the baby comes pretty quickly. Uh, she was so big that didn't happen, Mm-mm. and you actually had to go through another contraction and you know push her fully out. After that, that was that was hard. I know that was. So I wasn't hard. pregnant with twins, but I basically <laughs> felt like I birthed twins: the yeah. head first, and then the shoulders. Yeah, she was. I mean, twenty-four inches long. Yeah, uh, uh, just. She looked, uh, you know, everybody that saw her, I mean, she looked like she was three months old. Mm -hmm. But, of course, she couldn't do anything that a three-month-old could do. She couldn't (laughs) hold her head up. She couldn't do any of that. And so, um, you know, I thought later, um, I think I read something uh, uh, maybe a few months later in a newspaper that um, a baby up in maybe Minnesota had been born. It was like maybe 13 pounds. And they got all kind <laughs> of baby, you know, they, it, like it was on the news and, mm-hmm. and I thought, Oh, I missed my shot, man. I should have put that out. <laughs> Free that, diapers that, that, for right. a year. We might've gotten some of that. I mean, cause, cause it's true. A 12 pound baby does not come along very often. That's for sure. Yeah, it so. doesn't. Okay. And finally our Levi. Well, of course, Levi, uh, with the complications you had during the second trimester, um, you know, we knew that there were issues and, you were losing uh, amniotic fluid and uh, that kind of thing, and they were monitoring you very closely. And we were going to do originally that one uh, at the hospital, but with the hospital midwife. Right. And uh, so it wouldn't have been at home, but it still would have been a similar experience, so at least that's that what we hoped. Mm-hmm. And um, then after uh, some of the complications, they started monitoring you a lot more, and then there toward the end, um, because of some things that had been happening, they – uh, care flighted you right. down to Temple, and um, I followed along. And that night, uh, the doctors seemed seemed pretty convinced that you were going to have the baby that night. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember them talking about it. They gave you 
uh, gave you a steroid shot for his lungs, and, um, you know, they monitored you pretty closely, and finally it just had calmed down. Nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. And moved into a regular room, and uh, you were able to hold on for 15 days. Oh, no, crazy. And uh, then, you know, that, that one day it finally happened. Um, they were monitoring a couple of things in your blood work, and uh, those uh, key factors started dropping, and they didn't want to get too low. And so uh, it continued to drop, and finally they, they said, okay, we got to do this. It was about 4.30, and they we had a couple of conversations you and I did. You weren't really fired up about this. No, because he was 27 weeks, <laughs> and right. they had told me for 14 days every hour counts in terms of his – growth and maturity and his chances of doing well and on and on and on. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to go get him. I'm like, yeah, no, you're not. (laughs) I was not happy. All right. And so, uh, yeah, they came at you about four 30 and I think he was, they did the C-section. He was born about five 30 and, um, um, I didn't see him for another hour after that. Uh, and there was apparently a little touch and go talk to the uh, yeah talk to the doctor about it but um, you know we we came home um, after two months they had told us to expect to be in the hospital till the due date which would have been another month we got to bring him home before Christmas he did great I mean we were very blessed mm-hmm. and um, you know here he is about to be a teenager in a couple yes. months hard to believe Nuts. Uh, his feet have outgrown yours mm-hmm. by quite a long ways now. Yep. He's tall and smart and everything you'd want <laughs> in a boy. Yep. And so, yeah. Yep. He's our little miracle baby. All right. So just everybody don't freak out at my question here. Because when you talk about maybe your favorite birth experience, that doesn't mean you're talking about your favorite child. Those are two very different things, right? So if you were going to pick, to do one of the birth experiences all over again, which one was your favorite? Yeah, that's hard. They 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 are definitely each special in their in their own way. Right. Um, it's hard not to say Gabrielle's just because it was mm. all so new mm-hmm. and uh, it, uh, for me it was the most emotional one. Yeah. Um, yeah that that experience was was pretty special for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, they, they, they were all in their own way, very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And when we talk about a reminisce or sharing our stories with other people, I always feel very um, thankful and just inspired by the birth experiences themselves and how great they were. And, and there were definitely the challenging moments in each one of them that were extremely hard or that... I don't ever want to do again, you know, whether it was with the labor part or the recovery or postpartum or pushing, whatever it was, you know. And so, but all in all, thinking back, I'm, I feel like they were really good, really great birth experiences. And I know that that has a lot to do with what I do now as a doula. So for our listeners, especially if it, you know, you got some, we've got some dads here listening potentially, um, What's maybe a piece of advice you might want to leave someone just from your own experiences to encourage them? Sure. Well, I think for me, I would say to the degree that you're able, be involved. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and through the pregnancy as well as the actual birth experience, um, I would just say as, be as involved as you can. Um, it's a very unique experience, um, and you're sharing it with somebody that you really care about and love, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, your baby's about to be born. Mm-hmm. And I'd also say, um, if particularly if it's your first one, um, spend as much time together as possible. Yeah. It will be... Um, um, it'll be the last time for a long time <laughs> that it'll just be you, yeah, the two of you. Right. And, uh, you know, we were talking the other day that by the time that uh, Levi finally graduates in another six years, we will have been parents having kids at home for, I think we said, 33 years. Yeah, so, I think that's what you said. Yeah, you I was know, shocked. You know, so you look back and, and before the first one, and, and, of course, you don't know how many you're going to have or how long that's going to be. But, right. uh, you know, you certainly want to take advantage of that. It's a special time. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, I'm listening to you, and I know you guys can't see it, and maybe you can't tell by his voice, but he has teared up many times in this conversation. And at the very end, it was hard for him to even get out some of what he was saying, and I'm going to hone in on that you commented on how emotional the experiences can be and are. And that's one thing that I've seen consistently is, you know, even though I'm supporting um, the mom physically, whether that's walking around or a good position or massage or even supporting her mentally, which I think is super, super important, you know, getting her focused and Um, encouraging her or, you know, reminding her of all the progress and the change that's happening, that emotional support I have found most helpful from the partner for sure. I mean, that is how I bring them into this whole experience and get them involved, whether that's, you know, the slow dancing technique throughout labor, you know, just literally like it sounds, you look like you're slow dancing and swaying together or a hug or, just commenting on how proud I am or whatever, you know, I don't go home with these clients. I don't have a life with these clients, you know. And so it's important to get that spouse involved as they want to be. And so I definitely know that supporting them as well so that they have a positive birth experience really translates for the working, (laughs) laboring mom, that she's not by herself and that um, sharing it together. And it gives gives her strength in a way that uh, no one else can give her. I mean, I can support her all day long, but when the person that she loves is admiring her and, you know, experiencing the emotion that the birth of their child and that they go home and share this together, I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. And I think Michael's right in that that support that you give in pregnancy, childbirth, and even postpartum um, in terms of just being available and present and um, involved. You said it several times. And that that just brings more confidence and it brings more strength and it makes the experience more positive. And you definitely did that. Well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Final words that you have about our experience as a couple parenting going through what we've been going through in terms of from, you know, 
pregnancy, childbirth, on into, hey, we got teenagers now. Right. And grandkids. And adult children. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I think, you know, what I would say is that, um, like much of life, the the more that we invest in ourselves and in our uh, relationships and our situations, uh, the better it is. And so um, it seems to me like if you're going to have a baby with somebody that it's probably a good idea to to be invested, yeah. you know, and, and that, that, that's a long-term, that's a long-term investment for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it, and it does it, as we found out, it doesn't stop at 18 when they graduate and move out of the house. <laughs> they lied to us. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they come back. <laughs> Thank you, pandemic. You know, we're together in our, um, in our life and our parenting and, um, it's much, much too difficult on their own. I mean, all the single parents out there. Wow. My goodness, uh, how hard that has to be. We applaud you guys. Yeah. Can't imagine. Absolutely. I mean, it is a, a very hard thing to do co- because I know that because it's hard to do with two of them. Yeah. And so it's hard to imagine uh, with without a, a, a without a spouse or without a partner how hard that would be. Right. So, um, you know, it's uh, like most things in life. Uh, there's ups and downs, you know. But I think when we look back, we, we remember the positive things. We remember the good things. Yeah. We remember the things that uh, touched us and um, that we enjoyed. And that those are the things that we seem to take with us. Right, know? right. Uh, yes, and that's so important. And it's not a fake kind of, oh, just be positive and only look at that positive stuff. I mean, that's not even my personality. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't fake that kind of crap. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being mindful and intentional about focusing on the aspects of pregnancy, birth, parenting, marriage through life, intentionally focusing on those things that are positive because that is what's going to get you through. And sometimes we need a attitude change or a perspective shift and you know, that happens in birth too. And so I love getting to talk about and share about this, um, very important journey Um, in terms of childbirth. I love getting to talk about it from all different aspects, whatever kind of birth um, people are going to have and how it really does connect and correlate to a lot of life. And I just think that's so cool. And I'm so thankful and blessed to get to be able to do that with you guys. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to My Doula Micah. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at My Doula Micah. We can also get connected at MyDoulaMicah.com. If you're interested in checking out my book, the link to the humor in birth stories and insights from a doula can be found on all of these social platforms. Be sure to share and subscribe. I'll be here next week. So please be sure to join me again. And this podcast was produced by Rogue Media Network. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. 